0: Hey Spotlighters, Mike Ham here, the coolest guy in title insurance and your host of the Morning Spotlight Podcast. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. We have a great guest that I know is going to absolutely blow you away. If you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button and leave us a review. And remember, when it's time for you to purchase title insurance, there's only one guy you should be calling and that's me. Check the show notes for my email address and let's get this train rolling and start the show right now. Welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guest today left corporate America after over 20 years. He jumped headfirst into real estate investing in order to achieve financial freedom. Educating himself, building networks, and analyzing hundreds of deals, he purchased his first multifamily building in less than one year. He is also the founder of the media agency On Air Brands, the innovative network and podcasting event PodMax, which I'm very familiar with, the real estate investment company Mindado Investment Group, and hosts a multiple podcast. Clearly, he is a serial entrepreneur. He is Eric Cabral. Eric, welcome.
1: Hey, what's going on, Mike? Not excited much. Excited
0: to be here. Oh Yeah, very excited to have you on. I mean, I feel like we've talked, I don't know how many times, through PodMax events and other Podmax stuff. I mean, we're going to get to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, very excited to have you on did not. I mean, I think when I first met you, I did not realize that you were a real estate guy. And Mm. then the more we talked, I was like, I'm entitled. And you're like, we're in New Jersey and like all these other things that we didn't know that we had in common. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, very excited to have you on, very excited for this conversation. Um, so yeah, so let's just jump right into it, I guess. So serial entrepreneur to me Is one of like anybody that's an entrepreneur, I feel like describes themselves as a serial entrepreneur. And I feel like it's one of those things that's like super overused, but reading through the bio that you have on your website, ericcabral.co you are, I mean, like there, there's, there's no way around it. Um, so, uh, so let, let's talk about like validation. Corp- yeah. Validation. <laughs> Appreciate um, yeah. So no problem. Uh, but let's talk about the corporate America job. So you're in corporate America yeah. for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things that you were doing? And then we'll try, we'll start to get into, you know, the comeback into the entrepreneur world.
1: Yeah, dude. I, I mean, creative was always in my bones, but I didn't really recognize it. You know, when I was going through high school, you know, it was Uh, being one of the kids uh you know having friends and like girlfriends and that was like my priority but I was always like drawing comics and stuff on the side um and then high school you know it was it was was ending my dad was like what the hell are you gonna do son you ain't doing anything with your life your long hair burnout and I was like oh crap man I I don't know what to do with my life and meanwhile I have like illustrations comics all this craps plaster all over my walls like You know, so he saw the writing on the wall literally and was like, get in the car and like brought me to the Catskills in New York. And I was like, what the hell is this? We're in the middle of nowhere. And then we pull up to a school and inside dude was like, oh, it was like heaven, man, like drafting tables and like artists drawing comic books and uh, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, this exists. And I'm like, yeah, it's called commercial arts. And I was like, oh, crap. So. That was, that was it, man. Uh, that was the door and I never left. And, you know, stayed in corporate America, uh, getting jobs within New York City and, and eventually New Jersey, where I was building in-house creative agencies. So what that means is gigantic corporations uh, usually hire big agencies like New York City agencies that you see in the movies. And they charge upwards of hundreds, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour. Um, so some of them would realize oh, we could just build this in-house. Why don't we just, why don't we poach a bunch of those, 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 the the talent from, from these creative agencies. So I was one of those people they were poaching. And then I started to get known, uh, for building in-house creative agencies, um, and being a part of those teams. And then I hit a glass ceiling, dude. I was like, "Eh, this is like groundhog's day. I've been doing this for 20 years. What's next? Yeah. And then I and then I stumbled on rich dad, poor dad, man. I just like changed my life.
0: And and that was it. Like that was the impetus behind pushing you from that corporate job, or was there like other things at a play Number as well? of
1: other things. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, I was being I was being laid off for the second time, which I always say I was truly blessed, you know, only twice in like a 20-year career. <laughs> That's I pretty mean, good. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the silver lining. So that's when I was like, I don't know if I want to go back. You know, I was getting job offers. It looked like the same thing, maybe worse because they required more of my time. I got an offer from, I was always jockeying and moving up within like the top 10 pharma companies in the world. And, and I was going between number one, number two, who they were always fighting for first place. And the number one I was working for. And the number two was like, Hey, we see what you're doing there, sir. Why don't you come on over? And, Help us build an agency in, in in New York City, which we'd never had, and let's build a Chicago one because we got a little bit of a you know a framework over there, but we don't know what the hell we're doing. I saw my whole life flash before my eyes, Mike. I was like, I'm gonna get fatter because uh, I was the heaviest I had ever been. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is pregnant with our second child, and I was like, if I'm flying back and forth from New York City to Chicago what if I miss the birth of our second? I'm like, that doesn't sound appealing to me. No. So I was looking for options, dude. I was like, we invest in stock. Maybe I just be like, just do stock full time. Is that a thing? And then, um, you know, Google realized, oh, he's looking for investments. And they shot me real estate stuff. You know, I was like, oh, here's rich dad, poor dad. And then I read it on, a, on the commute to the job that was ending. And I was literally, dude, I was punching the steering wheel like out of anger and frustration and inspiration. You know, I'm like, I've been a fool all along. Like, I had no idea about liabilities versus, uh, you know, and, like assets versus liabilities and, and and cash flow. And I'm like, what? These are the rules, and I'm not playing. And I have no idea that it exists. And so I go home to my wife, and I'm like, oh, honey, I think I'm, I think I think I will to try something new. She's like. And she's used to this, dude, because, like, I love taking risks. She's like, oh, okay, it's not a poker again, right? I wanted to be a poker pro. I was going to sell everything. and I was going to, like, hit the circuit, play the World Series of Poker. Yeah. Um, and she was like, okay, what is it now? What do you want to do? And I'm like,
0: real estate.
1: <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about? You have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. And, yeah, she, she gave me her blessing, and the rest is history.
0: So, literally, no background in real estate, just – you know, got basically like the Google ping things that you got from, you know, the searches and all that. And then the rich dad, poor dad thing. And you were just like, Hey, this is it. This is what I'm going to do now.
1: Yeah, dude, it was, it was, (laughs) it was a huge risk. You know, we, we had a bit of a runway. I always say, um, you know, meaning we had savings for about one to two years where I didn't have to work and I could build something from scratch. Um, I had done this before in other businesses. Um, you know, obviously, obviously those failed, Um, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let me educate the hell out of myself. Let me surround myself with people that know what the hell they're doing, what they're talking about, have a track record. And that built everything that you know now with on-air brands and PodMax, because all I did was serve the real estate investing community and they all need a creative go figure.
0: Right. Yeah. So then, all right. So you get, you decide you're going to do this, um, from the education standpoint. And that's one of the things that I think that, especially when I have real estate investors like yourself that invest in you know, multifamily or whatever they're investing in that come from not a real estate background, which I feel like the majority of real estate investors do come from a a background other than real estate, because who just gets into real estate? Like I'm going to be a real estate investor when I grow up. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so like, what were some of the things outside of Rich Dad, Poor Dad that you were using to educate yourself in order to, you know, purchase your first multifamily building within that first year? Um, yeah. were, were there, I know you mentioned surrounding yourself with good people. Were there people that you try to latch onto early on like mentors or was it just like, you know, education, like books,
1: all of the above. So I found bigger pockets relatively quickly, right? You, you, you look up real estate investing and how to do it bigger pockets is probably one of the top sur- on the search uh, searches. And that's where I found people. Like I would say, Hey, I'm look, I would just ask questions, dude. And I would use the tools to analyze deals. But, you know, I wasn't confident in what I was doing because I didn't know anything. And, you know, I would go through their webinars, their free stuff, bought, bought their books. I thought I was going to flip houses at the time. So I was like educating myself on all this stuff, buying Jay Scott's books. And then, I met a dude um, you know through bigger pockets, you know, named Justin, and he was like, "Hey, come on to our real estate meetup. You know it's in, uh, it's in um, where was it, New Brunswick, New Jersey? Okay. And I'm like, yep. okay. So I literally went. I was nervous, you know it was like a date and then I see a meeting. and I'm like, well, I'm eating this up. They're talking about stuff that, I, that I've been reading about and listening and webinars. And dude, I stayed until everyone left. It was me and the two guys that run it, and I was putting up chairs, I was packing up the PA system, and and dude, think about it. Here I am, a 30-something, and these guys are like in their early 20s, and they had already bought and flipped houses and stuff. I was making over six figures a year, man. So it was like I realized I need to eat some humble pie if I'm going to yeah. learn anything in life, and that was like the path. It wasn't just – surrounding myself with people and finding the tools like bigger pockets. but it was also like dude, till this day, a mental hurdle and, and, and challenge and constantly trying to evolve my mental state of mind and, and how I see the world and like reprogramming myself from Eric 1.0 to 2.0 and then 3.0 and then just constantly upgrading the operating system so that I can level up
0: right yeah was there ever was there a reason why you decided multifamily out of the gate?
1: No, it wasn't out of the gate. Like, like I said, I was, I was, I was trying to flip homes. So I was buying single. I was making offers on a bunch of single family homes. Yeah. And um, I wasn't loving it. And, and a multifamily came to me and I was like, oh, this doesn't need a ton of work. (laughs) And then it made sense. The numbers totally made sense. I had a, I had also hired a coach, a local guy that I kept meeting at the meetups, Rick, uh, Rick Stein, big shout out to him. And, um, I would go on drives with him. You know, he was, he was a broker, a wealth of knowledge, you know, he was in his mid sixties and he was just driving me around, just giving me everything. We'd smoke cigars with the top down and go to his rentals and I would go rents. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, I would see what he would do. He would, and he owned dozens of properties in New Jersey and we would, you know, we would just do stuff. I'd go on runs and I'd learn on the job and we would write shit on napkins you know, it was cool. Like, like analyzing deals until the, he was like, Hey, I got a, I got a deal here if you're interested. And, and that was my first multi.
0: Right. And then I have, you, have you stuck? I, I know the answer to this question. Um, have you stuck strictly multifamily or have you diversified into other avenues <laughs> of real estate?
1: Yeah. So the cool thing about real estate is if you do it right and, and, and you're a nice person <laughs> and you want to help people um, you'll grow your network and, and, and reputation and, I started to understand, you know, my my marketing and branding background that I wanted to develop a thought leadership sort of platform and brand for myself. So I, I got in front of the room relatively quickly at all these meetups. And I got I became close friends with the speakers of these events. So I was introducing my buddy Matt Faircloth. He's a bigger pockets guy. And in the audience was a guy I had never met, Josh McAllen, who was there to watch Matt. But he saw me, my vibe, me emceeing, me hosting the whole event. And he was like, who's this guy? Yeah, I'm here to meet Matt, but I love him. Yeah, And he he broke open wide my my options in terms of like, I was on the path to just buying small multis. But he was like, hey, I got this crazy project. It's the third oldest winery in, in, in New Jersey nobody knows about it. And I'm like, well, he's like, can you help me uh, raise some awareness around it? Like t- t- tell people, cause he saw my network. Yeah. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I got a podcast. I got this, I got that. Why don't we promote it? Let's let people know it's, you know, it exists, bring people to the property. And then boom, all of a sudden um, I'm partner and owner in <laughs> the second oldest winery. Uh, we found out recently and um, it's got a, it's got a full golf course, 18 holes, got a 50 room hotel on it. Uh, you know, Obviously, wine tours, weddings—you name it, man. It's 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 one of the crown jewels, and I'm super proud to be a part of that project from you know from the get-go. You know, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's called Renault. Just it's in case Renault. you know everybody is looking for that. Where where is it? It's in Egg Harbor Township. Okay. New
1: Jersey. So about 25 minutes from Atlantic city.
0: Right. And then, so just as a, out of curiosity, are there perks to being a part owner of the <laughs> second largest winery or second oldest winery in the United States?
1: The, the big difference between resort investments like this is yes, you get to partake, right? You get to, before it really opened fully, you know, I'd be there all the time with my family and we'd be an empty hotel and like everything was under renovation. So it was, yeah. it was fun for my kids. Um, now that it's doing really well, that's a good problem to have. Like I can't get in that room. I can't get in the hotel. I can't, do, you know, yes, there's perks, you know, and maybe I'll get in front of the line, but it, it, I don't want to, because as an investor, we want to see it succeed. We want to see it super busy. Yeah. Um. You know, to the point now where, uh, we're, we're, we're partnering with other hotels in the area because, you know, it's the demand for it. Like we knew that that was going to be a good problem. Like 50 rooms is not going to be enough for, for these massive weddings, especially um, multiple weddings, you know, over the weekends.
0: So. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I wish I owned something like that. That would be that would be cool. Yeah. Well, let's you know? talk. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there, I think you other, have to have stuff. Yeah. Um, I think you have to have money to invest. So <laughs> no, 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 that's no, 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 one just, of the things I mean, that, you know, you has always know helped Pete- me back. People, right, that's also, yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah, that's that's also true. It's all about who you know and the yeah, types yeah. of people that you do know. Um, so, so you're still obviously investing in real estate, or is that slowed down? Mm, nice. Yeah, thank you. Um,
1: <laughs> it's 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 slowed down in terms of me being actively looking for gotcha. projects personally. So, um, you know, because I have partners in in those folks that I mentioned with with the Faircloth and, and Josh um, I, I participate in their deals potentially. So they're, they're always, that's their full time. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll participate passively if it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I am the only active activity that I have now because I'm, I'm busy building Podmax and on-air brands is, um, uh, I lend to my, my network. Right. So, so private, private lending. So for six months to a year, I'll own a single family house. Uh, you know, hopefully they don't default because then now I have to manage it. But um, I'll lend on flips. You know, I'll end on things like that with the people, you know, like you, like people that I know that I've met and trust um, say, oh, how much you need? And then, you know, just be the bank. Right. That's what Kiyosaki taught us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's cool. So in yeah. over the course of those answers, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned that you had a podcast during this time, what was that podcast? Why did you start it? Um, Was it just like a passion project type thing or something to kind of like build awareness around something? Yeah.
1: When I got into real estate, well, the show's Entrepreneur Circle. We're, we're about to celebrate 150th Wow! with Hal Elrod. So hopefully you guys can check that out.
0: Congratulations. Um,
1: so well, thank you. And thank you for allowing me to plug that. No problem. I, um... <laughs> we're, we're a big, shameless
0: plug show. So whenever you want to plug, just plug away. We love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no. I'd rather plug through stories. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was the show. I, I created Entrepreneur Circle really to house everything I was doing in one place. So what was happening with my network, friends and family at the time, they're like, what the hell are you doing, man? Uh, you're, you're doing real estate investing and, wh- and now it looks like you're doing creative stuff. Um, and what else are you doing? And I'm like, can I just put this all somewhere? And I'll go, hey, go listen to the show. And it launched my personal brand. I knew that it would be the catalyst for something like that if it worked right. And um, yeah, that was it, man. I, 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 and, and I didn't know. That it was going to allow me to to form stronger relationships with people at the time because this was you know several or a few years back yeah um, before it became what it is today I just said oh this is a way for me to tell my story but now I'm like whoa this is how I met my business partners yeah you know that I interviewed them or they interviewed me and then they they guessed it on the show and then they heard it and they're like whoa can you do that for me that sounds amazing I want a show and just
0: Right. And, and ultimately that's, I guess, what led to on-air brands, right? Yeah. 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 So you were like, you know, helping people in that real estate world kind of grow their shows because they must've seen that. And I love talking about this because this is kind of what I'm trying to do on my end. um, Seeing that having a show and talking about this stuff and having people on and, you know, just growing the network that way is such a great tool to kind of, build the network at almost like an accelerated rate that you could from just beyond like a, you know, a meetup or like an in-person event. I mean, that's good, but you know, this I think is like a next level type thing. Right.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, before, before I even read the go-giver, you know, I was, I was listening to other
0: people talk about, you
1: know, like, you know, you, you have, you have to see, you have to figure out how you can serve people first and with 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 no expectation of anything in return. I couldn't understand that dude forever. I was like, what are you talking about? I need to make money. I need to put food on the table. And um, I started to understand it as my network was growing. And I just kept saying, yeah, I'll do that. Yes, yes, yes to everything. Yeah. Um, Ane Brands was a traditional creative agency where we did logos and branding and marketing and websites and um, all that stuff. And then you know, people were using those services. It was really me freelancing at the time and then farming it out to friends, right? And But under my brand. And, you know, it, all of a sudden we had a dozen clients and I'm like, how the heck do I uh, formalize this? <laughs> oh, I think I made a company. <laughs> so I created the on-air brands. Um, I wanted to make sure, cause traditionally dude in the creative space and, and in business in general, uh, Nothing against the people who have done this, because this is 99% of folks. I didn't want it to be my name. I didn't want, I wanted it to feel like others had ownership over it. I wanted others to feel like, and if I did bring on partners and and team members, you know, it's not Eric Cabral brand. You know, it's not, it's not, I don't own it that way. It's not my initials. and so, yeah, I, I was literally in the parking lot, dude. I was, I was with my partner at the time. I was like, I need to come up with a name, but I wanted it to be called like Amplify Your Brand, whatever it was at the time. I was like, but it's taken, it's taken. I had my heart set on this Amplify thing. And then on your Brand just popped in my head. Yeah. We were sitting in Dayton, New Jersey at a diner. And I'm like, holy shit. And I go to, I grab my phone. I look it up. It's not taken. I'm like, wait, dot .com's not taken, dot .org's not taken, dot .net. Dot, dot, dot. Everything was available. I ran outside, outside in the parking lot, started crying. Like, this is the name of the company. Says. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and I grabbed it all, dude. And the only URL I couldn't grab, the only handle was Twitter. And that was the breadcrumb to who owned all of it and let it go. Guess who guess who owned all of it and just let it expire?
0: It's gotta be bread. so I mean, if you're leading it up to it like that, it's gotta be somebody yeah. big. It's gotta yes. be like like a Gary V type thing.
1: Yeah, kind of. Everyone's yeah. heard of this company. As seen on TV, owned everything. Oh, okay.
0: On Air yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know why they let it go. It's such yeah. a good name. Interesting. But yeah, yeah. So then um, On Air Brands was sort of doing its thing. And then we were, like started getting really heavy into podcast creation and production. And then all of a sudden, there's a network, right? I have access to a dozen podcasters. And I'm talking to people. They're like, oh, yeah, I would make introductions. Okay, get on a show. He's yeah. so a friend of ours. We produce a show. And all of a sudden, it was like, wait a minute. What if I just create an event where everybody just walks in the room and then there's podcast studios. I was like, Oh, and then I don't know what to call it. Maybe I'll call it. I was going to call it pod X that was taken. And I was like, wait, pod max, not taken. So then I, then we did it three times live. And then it turned into a virtual event.
0: Yeah. Which I, I think the, the biggest key takeaway from that story is that, you know, being Jersey guys, Good things happen at diners. Doesn't matter what time of day you go, (laughs) what time at night you go. Good things happen at diners. I mean, that's disco
1: fries. Yeah, right. I mean,
0: it's fantastic. Pork roll or Taylor ham?
1: Oh, dude, I'll do any I, right now. Pork roll. I'm feeling, por- I'm feeling pork roll. But okay. yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm a North <laughs> Jersey guy. So it's always Taylor ham. So, um, <laughs> I love both. I love yeah. Both. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I know that they're the both the same, you know, like yeah. the whole thing, but, um, all right. So one of the questions that I, that I had as we're kind of going through, like the story of Eric Cabral is the fact that like, you know, you go through the corporate America lifestyle, um, you know, for 20 years and you've been doing this for like, what, what's the time frame on this total?
1: Uh I formed on Air Brands in 2018.
0: When did you start the real estate investing?
1: Oh, real estate 2017.
0: 2017. So this is like a, th- you know, 3-4 year span. Um yeah. what is like the, you know, like the soul of Eric Cabral? Like how does he feel over the last 4 years compared to how he felt over the previous 20? Doing oh stuff that maybe like, you know, you're not, yeah. you know, flying all over the country. Being fat, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> fat and miserable. Fat and miserable. I've been there. Uh, Love it. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah.
1: I was just such an angry dude, man. I remember just if if I think back to who I was then, I'm like, man, that I, I sure I was fun to hang around, but I had dark moments, man. You know, like just yelling for no reason, you know, putting my fist through walls, you know, in arguments, you know, like that's like a total I can't even imagine myself that way now. Especially yeah. now that, you know, I was like, I was becoming a father and I was like. I don't want to be this person, like this angry, miserable, no real passion or or purpose in life, other than build wealth for some company that doesn't even know my name. So it was, it was, yeah, it was that man. Like compare. So to answer your question, you know, who I am now versus who I was then it's like I have purpose, right? I have passion. Um, I can wake up every morning and do whatever the hell I want. You know, I, I literally left. Um, you know, in December, came back at the end of January, you know, and worked, you know, from Florida. Like I, I, the only challenge with that is, and not having a boss. And when you have a good boss, they're also your mentor. I didn't realize um, is I don't have anyone to report to or hold, keep me in check. So I have to join masterminds to get people who are levels and levels above me to like inspire me to slap me around to say hey what are you doing that's not good or that's you could do this better you know just because the nature of owning the businesses i guess um you know you have to sort of seek out others who are doing bigger things so that you can gain inspiration and then check yourself
0: right yeah. yeah so talk to me more about like the Podmax thing because people that listen to this show the spotlighters which i call the listeners know that we probably i think total I've been to three events and I've gotten 10 guests from Podmax, three at each event. And then Jeffrey Hazlett was another one of our guests because nice. um, I had him on, which was nice great. Get. Yeah. Good get, good get. Um, so talk to me about like how, why, so I know you mentioned that, you you know, you had, you know, certain people that you were like, Hey, what if we just got them all into a room? And then at what point did it, did you see like, Oh my God, like we might have something that's actually really cool and a community start to build Um, you know, whereas, you know, I mean, I missed the last event, which I'm very upset about, but I'll be at the next one. But to me, just being as somebody that started in December, the community that, and I said this at the last event that I was at the community that PodMax attracts is ridiculous. Like the podcasters that I've met, like Kristen and Larry and Mark and all these other people that I've met through PodMax. It's like, everybody just seems they're, they're uh, on the same wavelength, you know, we all run different kinds of shows. We all talk about different kinds of stuff, but like the, the base core essence of the people seem very similar. So was there a moment in that time frame over the last year that you've been doing these that you were like, Hey, this is actually something that we can really start to build.
1: The, the very first live event, which happened in 2019, that after it, the team knew And the team looked very different then because it was live. Right. right? Um, And it was a lot of them were from on air. They were on air brand staff. So it was like creative and webs and website design and logo people. And it wasn't events people. Um, But we were wigging it. And uh, I I, I, I knew, dude, like we've got something special here when everybody showed up. And then the feedback we were getting uh, the days and weeks after, Um, you know, things would have been drastically different if not for 2020, because yeah. we were gonna continue. We had the whole calendar practically booked to, to travel all over the country. Um, and then we had to go virtual, right? We had to put pen to paper, nose to the grindstone and figure out what the hell are we gonna do now. We, were, we have everything booked. And then people just kept pushing their conferences, pushing their events, pushing all this stuff. So we're like, why don't we just try a virtual event? And that happened in May of 2020, or maybe it was April, a year ago, practically. And um, we're like, holy smokes this is kind of cool too. Yeah. It's different, but there's a lot of the same. Um, And that's really where I saw Josh Carey shine because he, he was participating in the live events and eventually started making it to the stage and, you know, you know, sort of partnering with me. Um, But it looked and felt very different, but then the lights and the cameras turned on virtually dude. And all of a sudden it was a different person. I was like, Whoa, what's happening here. (laughs) And and now, you know, right? right. When you, I mean, he makes that event, and and he he sets the standard for virtual events. Like, yeah. I've been to other virtual events, and if they don't have an MC like Josh, it
0: sucks. Oh my god, it's the it worst. Sucks. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I follow his lead because he's so good at it, and he's getting better and better at it. Um, so that I think you know, coupled with people always say, you know, once they get to know me and get to know Josh, or like the community really reflects your DNA like who we are as people, our core values. Um, so I'm so happy and proud to hear you say that because, you know, that is a reflection of, of me and, and, and how I operate in life and business.
0: Yeah. Do you think that like the, the going virtual side of it, you know, I know you touched on it a little bit, but the going virtual side of it almost like helped it grow maybe more, um, because now you're just able to attract, because one of the things, and I think that's, that's cool that you said that about, you know, Josh and, um, you know, like the virtual uh, virtual event. So if anybody that is listening that does not know PodMax, it's literally a eight-hour Zoom call. Like, and for people that have been doing Zoom calls, you know, over the last year, like myself, for business meetings and all like uh, stuff like that, people get Zoomed out. I mean, that's a that's a thing. People are Zoomed out. But like this Zoom call, even though it does go for eight full hours over the course of an entire Friday, it's like, it's done and it feels like 20 minutes. It's like, does not feel like an all day Zoom call. Um, but, uh, but that I think, at least in my opinion, might've helped it grow even more because now you could attract everybody. Like you're not beholden to the people that are in that immediate area, right?
1: Without a doubt. Uh, it would not have exploded. It would not have built a community uh, we wouldn't have like a global reach. We wouldn't have met all the people that we met and, and and followers and brand ambassadors and champions. Like that would not have happened if we had to like pack all the equipment up, travel to PA, travel to New York City. Like these were the places we were gonna go, like tri-state area. And then, you know, we were talking about going over to California and spreading the love. Um, I think it would have taken a lot longer if we had done and gone, gone, gone that route Yeah. and 2020 didn't flip upside down um you know so that was the silver lining for us that we went virtual and we were able to grow quicker as a result of of, of what was happening
0: right at what point uh did you decide to maybe you said this and i missed it but the actual studio because you have a studio down outside of trenton right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so outside of trenton um in trenton yeah. in trenton in trenton sorry um is uh is the, the on-air brand studio, right? Yes. Pod, is it the on-air brand studio on-air, or is it the Podmax yeah, it's, studio? It's, it's both, but it's yeah, it's both. Uh, originally on-air brands. Yeah. Got it. So like, at what point did you decide like, hey, I'm going to build a studio and like build out a Holy studio? Holy smokes.
1: Oh, good question, dude. Nobody
0: ever asked me that. Yeah. Because um, I'm okay. jealous because like, this is my <laughs> studio, but my bed may or may not be on the other side of this fake wall <laughs> and there might be an elliptical here. Um, so this is like my office recording studio, bedroom slash gym. So it's like everything it. in this one it. bedroom apartment. here. <laughs> yeah, brother. I f-
1: I, but, hey, it looks great, man. I love it. Thank you. you.
0: I appreciate that. You um, gotta do the, the best with what you got. So,
1: <laughs> so my, my client base was growing and the podcast was new. So I had my partners and clients who needed to record a show. Like I, I, I transformed my home office into a podcast studio. Um, so we were recording in here early days. At the same time, when I was building that, uh, Matt Faircloth, who I mentioned earlier, uh, became a good friend of mine. And uh, he said, dude, we've got some vacancy in my building. Would love to have you come check out some space. I was going to like maybe ask you to help me build the podcast studio or do you want to build it and you, it's yours it was a freaking closet dude it was literally the it closet it was probably i don't know like five feet by five feet and a big box on the wall with wires popping out of it and i was like hell no nice. and i was like thanks but no thanks and he was like well what are you thinking i'm like dude it's got to be sexy it's got to be cool it's right. be so i started looking around the building and i'm like i want this space he's like really and he's like, let me talk to the tenant there. It was the front of the building w- with a window. And I wanted to build the Today Show if I was going to do it, you know, the, in Trenton. <laughs> and right. um, he spoke to the dude. He was like, yeah, I'll move. I'll, I'll move to another office. And then boom, he was like, he gave it to me, put it in front and center. The crazy cool thing about this, and I'll put this on the record, is that um, he trusted so much in me. He gave me like thousands of dollars to build it. Yeah. He was like, I'll take all the risk because I know this is going to be big for us. Like we partnered in it um, and it was nuts, dude, when we first opened, like people were coming in and out. Everyone wanted to know about podcasting. They, they called it a radio station, you know, all the trend locals it got on the press, you know, like it became a big deal and um, it was, it was fun while it lasted, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was so exciting. It got to the point where we had to move from the front of the building to where he was, which was much bigger in his office. And he also had a glass window for like the producer. Yeah. So that it would and we were like, Whoa, what are you doing in here? He's like, Yeah, this used to be a jam studio for some band. I was like, Well, that's better for us. Get out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so he left. He's like, Cool, I'll raise your rent. So then we we went in there and then we soundproofed it and it became on Air Brand studio.
0: Yeah. So um one of the thing, not one of the things. I always say that. That's like how it's like you know how everybody has like their tick. I got my I, feelings. I always say one of the things, <laughs> even though I have like <laughs> a million things that I want to ask about it. Um, but uh, that's like that's my thing. So yeah. uh, one of the things that I want to know is um, so you're your host of how many podcasts now? I think like four, three.
1: Uh, I would say at least four.
0: At least four. So Podmax, Entrepreneur host. Circle. Uh, I got them right here. Capital Hacking, uh,
1: Cashflow yeah. Ninja.
0: I don't even know that was that was. No, one. no, no,
1: no. I'm not a host. So yeah, it was four, and I recently pulled out of On Air Brands okay. uh, podcast. Right. So that is now run by Todd uh, Genetazio and also uh, Amber Furman. Who, right. You know both of them. Yeah. So they took over that show, which is great because obviously it's too much on my plate. If I'm doing four shows.
0: Yeah. Um, so between real estate and podcasting, what is so, like? Mm. This might be a hard question to answer, but like, which one are you more like? This is like, I love this. You know, is it the real estate side because that's where maybe the cash flow is, or is it the other, the Podmax side or the podcasting side because that's kind of where you get to like, you know, flex your creative muscles?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is cheating, but I love yeah. them both. Right, mm. like that children. is cheating, but we'll I'll allow uh. it. <laughs> It, because dude, it, 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 goes back and forth. Yeah. Um, be, you know, I love podcasting and what it, what it can do for, for us and for everyone. Um, and I also love real estate because I love what that can do for me and, right. and for everyone. Uh, I, I, whenever I'm, I'm talking about real estate or I'm in a, in a meetup with, with, it feels like I'm home. I'm like, Oh, it's my tribe. I'm like, yeah. I got, I got to, what can I do for you guys? You know, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because I'm on the board of, um, of South Jersey Rhea. and it's not the same without the live meetups, right? Yeah, that, that was my jam. Like I love running those Princeton events and having hundreds of people walk through the door, and I would MC and then you know get speakers. And now you know it's changed, but you know eventually we'll get back. But um, my point is, uh, when I see them, and 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 especially live. Yeah. You just want to give everyone a big hug, but then it's the same thing with podcasting right? where yeah. we all get together with PodMag, like, Oh, one big family group hug.
0: Right. Yeah. That's like a no, that's like a no fly zone right now. So uh, <laughs> no hugs,
1: no hugs. Exactly. Virtual hugs for all.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So I know we're kind of getting close to the end of the time that I said we were going to uh, get through. So, um, a couple, a couple more questions, then we'll do our closing segment. Then we'll wrap it up. So, um, a lot of the people that listen to this show are between the ages of like 25 and 35. So yeah. a lot of them are either new to real estate, depending on their, you know, uh, uh, job or whatever, or they have like you a corporate job and they're interested in investing in real estate and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. what would be like, maybe some tips for people that are, you know, the spotlighters with my listeners that you would say to get started in real estate, because you seem to have had some early success in that type of investing. So what are some tips you would give to people like that?
1: So I'm gonna speak from experience, right? This, and and, and it's very personal, is you gotta get your mind right. You gotta get past the limiting beliefs because that'll hold you back and maybe has been holding you back from doing big things. So that was a hurdle that um, when I got into real estate investing, I had to work on every single day until this day. I'm meditating, I'm doing affirmations, journaling. Those are habits that I did not have prior to real estate investing, but through the journey. And that's what you need to look forward to is who are you going to become as a result of investing in real estate? You're gonna learn a ton. You're gonna to meet a ton of people. And that's the second thing is the community is amazing. If you step into the right one and and, and they're, they're everywhere. Is their abundance mindset? You know, they all believe in the rising tide lifts all boats, and that's what I loved about real estate because the world that I came in was sort of cutthroat, man. It was very competitive, dog eat dog. Hey, don't look at my work, don't steal my work. And then when when I came into real estate investing, like this is the complete opposite. Like everyone wants to give me the tools, everybody wants to share, they want to give me knowledge, versus you know the creative space where there was the complete opposite. So look forward to that find the right people network 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 and when you network give yeah give 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 offer value and show your worth and then people will start to include you on deals and projects get you involved like you see how hey there's this may be i may be a square peg going into a round hole but real estate investors figure it out we're like hey man Get on the bus and we'll yep. figure out how, to, how, how you, we can get you to, to work in the business. And that's how I got started.
0: Right. And it's interesting that you say that because my next question would be about people that want to start podcasts because some people that listen to this show are podcasters. So starting a podcast, one of the things that I noticed, particularly when I did get started with PodMax back in December, was that the podcasting community is like unbelievably collaborative and just always willing to give and kind of celebrate people and all that kind of stuff. So maybe people that are trying to start podcasts outside of trying to get involved with Podmax and on our brands, which I would highly recommend as a, as a disciple of that. Um, what are maybe some tips you would give to somebody that's looking to do that? Or maybe like why they should start one?
1: It's so funny because I'm going to cheat again, Mike. It's the same answers.
0: Right. That's, yeah, right? that was a good lead. Because in. Yeah. a
1: lot of people who want to start a podcast but don't often say, well, there's so many out there. You know, and uh, who wants to hear my voice? It's, it's that's limiting beliefs. If you think that, then yeah, you'll, you, you, you won't you will create a podcast. Right. But understand that there's a podcast out there that doesn't have you and could use you, your thoughts, your unique experience to the table. Like these are things, and here's, I, I just, I, I, uh, are you into Blinkist? This is what I recommend to people. I just finally committed to buying Blinkist app. I don't know what that is. It's it's an app that it's literally like they 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 call it this because it's like a blink. You can read a book, and they give you all the tools within the app to understand a book in twelve minutes. Like a whole book. A whole book. Yeah. Interesting. So I often use it for books that I've read as recappers. You know, like because my things go in my brain at the yeah. But so like yeah, I I, so I'm like oh refresh. Oh yeah, okay, I remember all that. But then also for the first time I listened to a book this morning that I hadn't. plan to, because it was just, it showed up on my thing. And the quote there was, um, oh shit, I didn't write it down.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it was (laughs) epic. Yeah. one
1: One of them is, yeah, I'll come up with another one. Yeah. One of them was, um, create for one. Right. And then if you have passion behind it and you do it right and you're doing it for you, others will recognize that and start to come. Right. That's how, I did it. Dude, no one yes. was listening to my podcast. I was going live every freaking Wednesday to like no one. my mom was watching. <laughs> that was it, dude. Yeah. And uh I just got started and understood. Just keep doing it, keep doing it and stick with it, stick with it. And over time, yeah, it starts to grow.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think my mom listens, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know she listens to some of the episodes. If I'm like, Hey mom, this, you, you might like this guest, you know? Yeah. So she might not listen to this, but that's okay. So, <laughs> Hopefully um, you're listening, mom. Yeah. Hey, mom. <laughs> uh, thanks for being my biggest fan. Um, awesome. <laughs> all right. So let's move the show into our closing segment, which we call Under the Spotlight. Uh, so we have talked for about 40-ish, 45-ish minutes. Um, Mike Ham, Eric Cabral. So we're going to put Eric under the spotlight, and he's going to give us his final point. So we may have touched on it already. We may, it might be a new thing. Um, his final point for the spotlighters to walk away from this episode with. So Eric, you're under the spotlight. What do you got for us?
1: Uh, I, 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 love, I love sharing these nuggets with people that may be obvious for some, but to me changed my life. And one of them was failure is success in progress. And when I heard that, I was like, what? I thought failure was not an option. <laughs> um, you know, that was what I was told all my life. You know, my dad would, you know, slap me around if I messed things up. Um, and I was like, whoa. So, yeah, I get it. Oh, whoa. It was like, uh, you know, Neo. Like, oh, I know Kung Fu. And it was like, <laughs> holy crap. I'm supposed to make mistakes because yeah. that's how we learn. That's how we grow. So I just wanted to highlight that for anyone who may have um, not heard that yet. Yeah. And it could change your life the way it did mine. Um, but then also what we kind of touched on here was like, when you want to start a show, a podcast and you know, you're thinking like, Oh, what am I going to talk about? Who am I? Well, as we said earlier, you have a unique story to tell. Hopefully you can pull some lessons learned from failures and share it with your audience and your future audience. But we have specifically something for you. If you go to podmax.co slash masterclass, we have something called the four C's. And this is what I use to develop everything that I've built. Uh, and, and and the first thing starts with clarity. The first C is clarity in your message and your story and who you're talking to. Yep. And then second is is the community. You'll start to build a community of people that love your message. This literally happened to me. I would travel and go to conferences and people go, oh, I'm a fan of your show. I'm like, what, what? what? People are listening? <laughs> yeah, right. This is crazy. And then it builds the community and then you start to realize and connect the dots. Like, so the third C is connection. Like, oh crap, that person does this. Mike does this. Oh, he's entitled. I can connect you to this person. Right. Now you start to get known as like a connector yep. or a super connector. And then collaboration comes out of all of that put together. You start to form partnerships. You pick the people within your community that you're like, I love that person. I trust that person. It's take like a bullet for me. Let's work together. Let's build something and grow something together. Right. Right. And that really, but we break it down, like how it all happens um, at that that link, podmax.co slash masterclass.
0: Love it. And I'll make sure I put that link in the show notes. But going off of that, uh, where can people go to get more Eric Cabral?
1: Mm. My website is probably a good place. So okay. it's Eric with a K, E-R-I-K, cabral.co.
0: So, I will put that in the show notes as well. So, the PodMax Masterclass link and the Eric Cabral link will be in the show notes for everybody listening. I will obviously put all my links in the show notes, the morningspotlight.com, and the email address is the morningspotlight at gmail.com. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on with us today. This was awesome. As Thanks I expected, you, Mike. Of course.
1: Thank you for always showing up to our events and, and, and bringing it, man. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I love your events. I, I beat the drum any chance I get. So I I love it. Big fan and can't wait for the next one and everybody else. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.